Good afternoon, and welcome to Data Rich but Insight Poor, exploring strategies for driving operational visibility and efficiency, a health system CIO media Inc. production sponsored by Dataless. Just a little housekeeping before we get started. My name is Anthony Guerra. I'm the founder and editor and editor-in-chief of Health System CIO. And I'll be your moderator today. We're looking forward to your participation. You can send in your questions or comments anytime. We'll take them later in the program. Just so you see how we're going to spend our time today, we're going to go about 40 minutes first with our main panel discussion featuring Dr. John Chelico, National or System uh, CMIO with Common Spirit Health, Tony Ambrosi, SVP and Chief Information and Digital Officer with Baptist Health, South Florida, Dr. Shafiq Rob, EVP, Chief Digital Officer and System CIO with Tufts Medicine, and Damon Auer, Chief Executive and Managing Director for North America with Daedalus. And then we will have our Q&A. So let's jump right in. We have a great panel, lots of stuff to discuss today. Um, Dr. Rob, uh, Shafiq, let's start with you. Can you give us an overview of your organization and your role? Uh, I work for Tufts Medicine. Tufts Medicine is an academic medical center uh, in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, we have three hospitals and five locations. Uh, we have uh, over 18,000 people and uh, that I work with. Uh, other than that, uh, we strive to serve the people in our community, and we are the lowest cost uh, institution that tries to take care of people in our area. We also have a clinical and integrated network. Uh, other than our 3,000 doctors we have in our system, we also have a group of a large amount of doctors in the community that participate with us. And, and uh, we also participate in uh, home health and hospice. So from Academic Medical Center, we try to also work in the community. So that's our work that we do. Is that okay? And my role, I'm the uh, Chief uh, Information Officer as well as the Chief Digital Officer for the system. Excellent. Thank you, Shafiq. John? Good morning or good afternoon, everyone. I'm uh, John John Chelico, uh, internist uh, by training. Um, uh, I guess uh, at, at one point I was a software developer who went to medical school uh, and uh, really has a background in, uh, in informatics and uh, internal medicine. I have been a sort of a career chief medical information officer. And uh, for the past uh, 20 months, I was I, I joined uh, Common Spirit House as the system-wide CMIO in the physician enterprise. A little bit about Common Spirit Health is um, it was a formation of a, of a merger between Dignity Health and Catholic Health Initiatives, forming one of the largest healthcare provider networks in the country. We're about uh, 150 hospitals, about uh, 1,200 practice locations. Uh, we spread over 22 states, um, about $35 billion in revenue, and um, really um, a task to really build one of the largest integrated delivery networks across the country. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, really, um, really learning a little bit more about, you know, how healthcare is delivering all of our micro markets. One of the, one of the really, you know, missions of common spirit health is really to provide care where care, um, where people can't get care. And I think that's, it makes it hard in this environment, uh, financially, but I think it's something that, you know, technology can really bring, um, has a place and really can bring efficiencies. So looking forward to the discussion today. Very good. Thank you, John. Tony? 
Thank you, uh, Anthony. <clears throat> Tony Ambrosi, I'm the Chief Digital Information Officer at Baptist Health um, South Florida. I joined from outside healthcare about three years ago, um, so I'm still new at this. I'm, I still wonder what I learn every single day in healthcare. Um, and so I, I was brought in with the uh, the, the uh, task and the mission to um, drive digital uh, digital transformation for the system, uh, focusing first on uh, consumer and patient experience, and then uh, obviously secondary uh, in terms of uh, transformation with data um, and um, business transformation as much as possible. Baptist Health uh, South Florida. Um, you know, there are a number of Baptist Healths across the country, as I as I learned. Um, but we are focused. We have twelve hospitals uh, in uh, the four countries counties in in South Florida. Uh, Twenty seven thousand people um, uh, integrated uh, network. Uh, lots of opportunities uh, and exciting opportunities. Very good, Tony. Thank you, Damon. Hey guys, uh, happy to be with this group today. Um, I'm the managing director for Data Loose in North America. You did a great job, Anthony, of enunciating that um, properly, <laughs> just to remind everybody here and some of the audience on the other side of the camera. Um, you enunciate it, data loose. Sounds like setting your data loose. And we do a lot of that work. So um, tends to be an easy way to remember the firm. We're the biggest healthcare software organization outside of the United States, new to the North American market. Um, I'm responsible for leading our team here and really scouring our portfolio for uh, solutions that can have an impact on the transforming industry here in the United States. So um, I'm excited to be part of this panel and learn, just like Tony said, I learn every day um, in this industry and uh, looking forward to the discussion. Uh, Damon, real quick, um, just for everyone's background, you've been around a while. So even though you're you're with an organization that's large outside the U.S., you you've been in this game for a while. Anything you want to tell folks quickly about your background? Uh, just me personally, I'm, I've I've always been a, a problem solver. I've actually fixed a couple toilets, Anthony. <laughs> we were <laughs> you got to give people background. We were, we were talking in, beforehand. In Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I uh, I started my career in in consulting with uh, Accenture and and problem problem solving at scale and what what we learned there and um, I've had an opportunity to practice uh, as both a consultant and partner to transforming organizations and now a leader in a software organization is that it takes a lot more than just bits and bytes we've got to have the right people doing the right things at the right time. Um, we can only manage what we can measure and we can only measure what we can see. And I think that's really the uh, driving topic of the conversation today and what sits behind the data loose command center solution that helps large healthcare organizations see things that they can then measure and then manage and improve and take action. All right, thank you, Damon. All right, let's jump in, Dr. Rob. We're gonna we're gonna start with you. Does the current does the current economic climate put pressure on IT to increase efficiencies and drive out costs? I mean, I think that's always the mandate of IT, right? But is there more pressure on IT executives like yourself to um, 
to do more with less and sort of squeeze efficiencies out of help the business find efficiencies through the use of IT. What are some of the ways it can be done? What's the low hanging fruit? And the quest for improved resource utilization. Like what are what are your mandates from folks in your organization about that concept about resource utilization and providing folks with intelligence so they can be more efficient? Thank you for uh, asking that question. We have a phenomenal panel here, um, John and Tony. Um, they are much more knowledgeable than I am, but what I can say are the following. Uh, healthcare is the only place where we cannot deny care. So we, people have to come and we have to take care of them. The reimbursement is not the same as it should be. So we are always under pressure. And then there are people who can't pay for care. And we still have to take care of that because that's our oath, that's our commitment, because we are mission-driven. Having said that, post-pandemic, it became very hard for us to get to our bottom line. And we lost a lot of money. It's not that we did not. There are a lot of healthcare institutions that have lost money. Having said that, we also have to recover from it. So the back-end offices, as they call it, which is IT, revenue cycle, supply chain, other people, there's a lot of tremendous pressure on it. There's also pressure on contract labor because especially with the nursing shortage, that also put a lot of pressure. Having said that, we have to reorganize our IT infrastructure and we have to think about to bringing efficiencies, decrease the number of people, look at outsourcing options, look at joint ventures, look at other options, how we can squeeze the cost out. At the same time, the demand has not stopped because there is an information technology revolution going on, including generative AI, multimodal AI, and the salvation of healthcare lies in the hands of technology uh, and AI. We are a data company, not a healthcare company. So having said that, and the pressure on population health, so here are the few things we did. One, we outsourced a few of our things that we could. For example, networking, help desk, things like that, that we can live without. Similarly, we created some joint ventures on certain areas where we could benefit from them. At the same time, we looked at what software we actually need. So there is an app rationalization. We had 800 applications. We have decreased it to 300. And we intend to go to 129. That is the maximum we need. Of course, we have to talk to our operation leaders. Third, what we have done, we started a cloud strategy. We became the first health system to put our EHR along with the 129 application last year uh, in AWS. Then we started the data, uh, lake house. We put that in Microsoft Azure. So cloud strategy has helped us to decrease our cost. We're also looking uh, on partnerships where we can uh, work with our operational leaders. Do they really need their software or not? Do they really need that hardware or not? And trying to find out where we cut the number of people we need. Lastly, uh, we are trying our best to provide intelligence to our leaders and our doctors, our nurses, our people who are in strategy so that we can find new ways of growing, including population health, uh, including value-based care. And, and most important is that which are our customers 
uh, to improve their experience. So those are some of the things we are doing it. Uh, app, app rationalization actually helped us. Cybersecurity also, we're trying to make that more efficient. So some of them, 24 by 7 monitoring, we have outsourced to somebody else so that they can take care of it in their way. I don't want to hog the time. No, it's and a lot of, the ideas. Thank you so much. There's a lot of great stuff there. So we will definitely follow up on some of that stuff. That's a wonderful answer. Um, John, let's go to you. Sounds like, no, I mean, I think, I think the one thing we could sort of lend and really looking across common spirit health, which is like many of our health systems has come together through many mergers and acquisitions is really kind of creating standards and really kind of, you know, getting down to app rationalization. Um, unless we sort of create a standard um, way to do things, it is very hard to sort of get economies of scale and efficiencies. So, you know, whether it's our clinical systems, ERP, RevCycle, our pop health platforms um, at Common Spirit Health, and this all came together, we probably have about <laughs> not two of everything, but probably six of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so it really, um, you know, when you're trying to really do some process improvement to kind of really understand how to, you know, we have a lot of staffing shortages, we have a lot of nursing shortages, we have we have primary care physician shortages. Um, you know, how could we do more with less is 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 a theme. It's been a theme in healthcare as long as I've been here for 25 years. It's it's not going to get any better. It's it's something to really we need to work smarter, not sort of you know um, not faster or anything else. And I think that's really what it comes down to. So um, really, I mean, how do we deal with this pressure? Um, yes, there is a pressure for technology to sort of solve this, but um, there's also a pressure for the organization to start sort of doing things um, the same. Um, you know, I think, you know, for us, I think every market um, sort of has its own challenges. Um, if you kind of go anywhere from the Pacific Northwest into California, all the way, you know, to the Southeast into Tennessee and Kentucky, um, they all have their own sort of micro micro strategies uh, of, of what they knew and what their what what their competitors look like in each market. However, you know there are some common elements that we can do the same. Um, and I think you know bringing a common EHR platform across the organization, you know, looking at ERP, looking at RevCycle, you can start sort of tightening the tightening the um, the screws on on how we can sort of drive efficiencies and and really without you know standardization, it is very hard to really kind of ask much of your IT system, your IT group, because they're just going around trying to, you know, make everybody happy. But in the end of the day, IT needs to say, hey, you know how we can make you happy? Um, you know, how about you all agree upon, you know, doing it one way, and then we can start, you know, really getting efficient at making you, making, making you happy and, and working to make this organization much more, um, you know, uh, much more efficient. Um, whether it's on the finances or it's in, in, in ERP or whatever the case may be. But I think it's it's something that we really need to really focus on uh, or else, you know, many health systems are going to have a hard time surviving. Yeah, very good. I think the, the, we used to use the word systemness, right? You want to create more systemness. Yeah. yeah. And this word is the word of the day. I mean, we we try, we really strive as, as a physician enterprise within Common Spirit Health to create systemness. And I think we have, you know, a, a medical group that feels like one system across, you know, many states, but um, it, it is hard to sort of, you know, it's, it is hard to do on multiple systems. Very good. Very good. Thank you, John. Tony, your thoughts? <clears throat> no, I obviously I agree with Shafiq and, and John. Um, I think in IT, whatever we call that these days, uh, we have been doing these, um, uh, we've been taking these measures in becoming more efficient for many, many years. Uh, I've done that before uh, healthcare. 
Um, and I think there, there are pretty well-defined ways to do that. You know, uh, app rationalization is a big one. Cloud, uh, cloud can done well and with controlled costs can reduce the costs in, in addition to all sorts of benefits in terms of uh, uh, speed to market for uh, uh, products and and also the ability to access marketplaces uh, for other products. Um, it's interesting that uh, I've used now the second time um, uh, the cloud migration as a way to do the app rationalization um, because. You know, now you go, you finally go through all the lists. This is like when you move houses, you know, like, do you need really need yeah. these things? Well, it was there, you know, like we didn't have time to, to repair, um, you know, the bathroom as we were talking earlier, uh, but it, it's still there. So that's a wonderful, uh, that's a wonderful opportunity. Consolidation, yes, I think, you know, I, I, I don't think we're as, um, as complex as uh, common spirit in terms of, but we did uh, acquire hospitals and, you know, there are some areas where we have we have each. So now we, we we consolidate them and and that has benefits to the users. They don't have to log into three active directories and um, um it's it's cheaper obviously but also more secure because I don't have to uh secure three of them. Uh, uh right. But in addition to that, I think you know, and I think probably John mentioned this, um look, a you can have a very efficient IT, but if the rest of the organization is not, then it's going to just be a drop in the ocean. And I've seen places, uh, not necessarily here, where that happened. And so uh, through all the technologies, better tooling, better testing, cloud, IT was getting a lot more efficient. Um, despite, you know, it's interesting, there's a paradox is, which is all companies have been seeing in the last 20 years, their IT budgets going up. So you could say, well, wait a minute, IT is expensive. But that's because simply we're doing a lot more. The things we're doing even here, I could not even dream doing 20-something years ago, even in Amex, because the tooling was there, the, the technology wasn't there. However, we're a lot cheaper per unit of work, whatever, however you measure that, a lot, lot cheaper than 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 we used to be. But I think you know, the opportunity would be to not just look at IT. We know how to do things better, but also look at business processes and say, how do we re-engineer them um, in ways that uh, then using technology, you know, like this is the basis of digital transformation. How do we change the processes and the business models using newer technologies to be more efficient in the business and somehow, uh, sometimes implicitly being uh, more efficient and cheaper on the technology side because you're not, you don't have to uh, support um, probably sometimes very inefficient uh, processes. So it has to has to work uh, you know, both me, ways. Tony, you bring up a good point. I mean, you know, and I think you mentioned it really. It's, it's speed to innovation, and unless you have app rationalization, unless you have standard a standard way to do stuff. Every time we come up with a good idea, or we come away, we we are ad, you know we have we're agile. We want to be agile, <laughs> but you know agile sort of requires us to you know when you're in like six different systems, <laughs> you cannot be agile. So you can come up with a good idea, but then you got to go change it in like 
six different places, there's no way for the organization to sort of move itself forward. So people kind of tend to build sort of workarounds for their process improvement. How do we do process? You know, in, in many organizations that I've been part of, it's like, how do we do process improvement without IT? Because IT is not going to help us. <laughs> and I think, and I think that's really, really the case. And I think, you know, it, it is to, to the point where, you know, we can't really push innovation. We can't really get things done quicker in IT, the IT organization without the organization realizing that they need to, you know, they, they need to be part of the process, right? I don't, I, I don't need you all to be on the same cardiology platforms. I don't need the organization to be on the same GI platforms from sometimes a clinical perspective because patients don't travel from Pacific Northwest to Kentucky or from California to, to Ohio um, but but we do need it to sort of uh, have a common set of efficiencies. And I think one of the sort of the, the crux of it is to have a common data platform so you can measure and you can sort of, you know, iterate on that um, and, and have the ability to sort of share best practices all, across a large organization. And I, I really kind of going back to sort of the, the title of why we're here, mm. it's really kind of seeking insights from these systems that we're building. And uh, if we kind of, you know, again, bring them, bring them together, have a common modality, a common language that we can improve things. I think it does push us. It pushes the organization to be more, more agile. It pushes the organization to have, you know, more speed to innovation and really kind of understands, you know, you know, you can, how you can benchmark one part of the organization, you know, impl- implement interventions, whether they're IT or not IT interventions, and then really see the reap the benefits of the, the rewards of, of your work. Damon, tremendous amount there. A lot of talk about application rationalization to facilitate this data sharing. You're never going to get, even even if we go on one system, there's always going to be outside applications that need to interface with the EHR, right? Even even with Epic, even with a company like Epic, it could be an Epic shop. There's going to be integration work. Um, Your thoughts about what you've heard? Yeah, our uh, chief digital officer is a delightful guy in London, and he says this really well, that data is king, but interoperability is King Kong. So the data platform that John just so eloquently um, talked about, a common data platform, and the fact that we are rationalizing apps, but even in an ideal end state, Shafiq, you said, I think 129 apps is the end state target. Um, So as much as we have focused our energy and time and IT energy and effort and activity um, over the last two decades on standardizing a clinical system for managing our our clinical encounters um, and so on. There's an awful lot more information scattered about um, the organization that exists in one place. So having a system that allows us to get to that data and actually rationalize the data, not just the apps, but the data estate um, in a way that allows us to measure and manage and have a real impact on process change, um, I, I think is, is probably our, our best opportunity to drive efficiency and cost out um, of large healthcare organizations in the next decade. So, Damon, if you allow me and Tony, what I'm going to say is the following. I was lucky that I have a 2020 hindsight. <laughs> and when I came to this institution, we had 28 electronic health records, two, eight. 
I design this entire institution based on multimodal AI is the ultimate place where I want to go. Second, I designed it with the help of my operational leader. You are 100% correct. Data does not like some only electronic health record. It also lies in packs. It also likes in cardiology system, dermatology system, and not only structured, but unstructured. Not only unstructured, but pictures, text, all of those. So like I said, uh, I had the unique opportunity of doing all of this together, ultimately putting in a lake house and using multimodal AI on top of it. Nobody will succeed in, in multimodal AI without having that idea from the beginning. I was lucky that the three presidents actually believed in it. So I had to become a salesperson first and then do what I had to do. And app rationalization would have never succeeded in my organization and the doctors and the nurses and the administrators agreed to it. So we had to do a lot of selling. Today, if you have an API, you can connect to us. We'll give you any data you need of any kind. Well, to, yeah, Tony, um, oh. you know, Dr. Rob Shafiq, I want you to go, before I go to Tony, anything else, uh, Shafiq, uh, your vision of what you're talking about, what you've done, that, I, I don't know if architecture is the right word, but your vision of, of how this would be organized. Can so, you any more detail you want to give on that? Sure, and then I want to sure, get everyone's sure. reaction to, to okay. their thoughts about your vision. So let me tell you the problems. The problems, number one, is that everybody wants a Likety split answer. Okay, to get the Likety split answer. <laughs> no, I'm just telling you that. No, I'm, I was that. just laughing about Likety split, but go ahead. Yeah, well, go ahead. I have to use technical terms. Yes, you know? yes, yes. So <laughs> to get the Likety split answer, it should be intelligent, immediate. Uh, real-time, and full of insight. Everybody wants that. But the, to give that answer, first of all, we have to look back and say, how do we collect data? Piece of paper, Excel sheet, common separate limited, multiple disparate systems, pictures, text, everywhere, not in one place. And having multiple electronic health records, multiple HL7, multiple interoperability, some fire. So, when I sit down in a corner, right? And of course, we have five definitions of length of stay. I'm just telling you that. That is ontology. So whether it's ontology, whether it is semantics, or whether you are trying to get to the schema. So when we design, when I sat down in a corner and I said, I'll bring one electronic health record, uh, my CMIO who works more for me and my CEO and my president, we want to become a data company so that we make things together. So when I'm giving you the components, here are the components. We need to have one system. Impossible to have it without people's congruence on it, without governance committee on it, without talking it out on it and understanding the ROI. So we, from the beginning, started the cloud strategy and where are we gonna get the money? Money is not limitless. So money comes from, somebody said, operationalization, shutting down systems, so what we did is that, we said, okay, we'll go to Power BI, suppose I'll give an example. We'll go to data factory. We'll get a data engineering. We'll do data science. But to do all this, we have to suck the data out in Python or whatever you use. Take it to the cloud, have a common data model based on a fire schema. That is not good enough just to have a fire schema. Then you have to, like yeah, we use Databricks. On top of it, we use Adscale for data scheme, uh, what do you call, to get a semantic layer. 
so that people can understand on the other end. Then came generative AI. That threw everybody off because people want the answer in one minute by using NLP and LLM. So when we designed that, those were the architectural design from us. But the part that nobody we nobody understands or somehow people think IT will magically give you the answer. There is no magic to it. Every operational leader has to participate in it. There are data stewards, there are data uh, person who validate that. And then we have to talk it out. People have different needs in different places. So the part what I'm trying to tell you is very simple. From the infrastructure side, we have to make data conformity. We have to have the lake house. So we have data in a way that it can be consumed. But the operationalization of it and using for everybody else, we need that participation. And for us, we have to be a buy-in from the CEO, CFO, CMIO, CDIO, all those people. And then we have to prove to the people that it's it's beneficial and it actually makes money. It actually does those things. Sorry for being so emotional. No, no, it's it's, it's excellent. I want to get everyone's thoughts about this vision and see is this a vision you also get you understand you're embracing or do you have a different vision so john i'll be with you in a second tony let me get your thoughts on this vision you've heard i i think also the the, the fundamentals are are right um or describing yes you do have to have a, a a way to bring all the data together and um uh, and that data to to make sense to everybody um, I, I think it's it's very important, especially when you have different systems and technical systems, different business systems, if you want, or different hospitals, they have, they call things differently. Um, but um, um, I think, you know, it's important, it has to be done. Um, now, the question is, what what is next? Mm-hmm. All right, you have all this data. Um, and, and when I came here at Baptist, everybody said, no, we don't have the data. And I, I looked in and there are lakes and data warehouses that the data is there. So it wasn't that we don't, don't have it. It's we don't provide or produce insights enough to be actionable. And I think that's the bigger next step after. Yeah, you have to have something, whether warehouse, lake, whatever. Data. Lake house now, this is the, 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 the latest, which is a combination, whatever it is, you have that. But then. You have to decide what what you're going to do about it. Um, and yes, is going to your partners just as they're going to your consumers is important. But if I go to them, including the consumers, and ask what do you want, probably they won't know necessarily what they they really want. Um, and therefore, there is there was a process where where we started and we said, okay, what does it make sense? Okay, I'm not a, a obviously a, a um, hospital operation specialists, but at some level, all all entities are the same. They have similar things. So we proposed a number of metrics, reports, insights, whatever you want to call them, from where there was a collaborative indeed design process to get to what, what uh, was in the, indeed beneficial. And that has to be linked to what is the goal of that that business or that that business executive? What are they What are they trying to accomplish and achieve? And that's that's what kind of drives what data they need. And then having that that uh, ability to have these resources indeed 
look at that data now structured in a way that people can take an action on it, right? Whatever it is, efficiency of the hospital or, or a business or a, or, a, a, or operational group, whatever it is, are they taking advantage of it? Um, are they using it? And how are they using it? That's great stuff, John. Let's go to you. So I've heard a couple different times in this webinar, you know, Tony mentioned the idea that, you know, Shafiq mentioned that we we need, there's a certain point at which we need to have information from operational leaders in order to move forward. Um, Tony made the point that there's there's also the element of sometimes they don't know what they want. So sometimes we need to take the ball and move forward with it before we go to the operational leaders. So, you know, what are your thoughts there around where IT can sort of move forward without operational folks and kind of get things in place versus when they need to be brought in so that we don't go too far and find out that what we've done is not what was wanted? No, I think it's a it's an excellent question, and it's really kind of you know at, at the heart of the problem is the is the fact that we can we can bring all these in IT and and we can bring all technically we can bring all these systems together, we can put them all in a data lake, you know I think the next level of this is how do we provide a common set of tools or a common set of ways to query the data so that we're all actually looking at the data and talking about the data the same way, so when I say patients with diabetes, it means something. To the organization or patients with CHF, and maybe it's patients with CHF defined by Pop Health or patients with with CHF for the clinical organization or whatever the case may be. But really, you know, it's it's really kind of then working with your 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 operational leaders to kind of say, you know, what what are what are the enterprise reports that we need to develop at an enterprise level that can be shared by all the different parts of this business, right? And and how do we have a common sort of modality? There's a there's a there's a common way we define how we we say length of stay, or as a common way to understand volume, or or RVUs, or or whatever the case may be that you want to do. You don't want to have every sort of market figuring out that on their own because the nuances can really kill you, and then you can never really compare things. So, I think what IT does is bring the data together, then work with operational leaders sort of to say how do we best use this data. But then also, how do we provide a common set of tools? Because you can't really kind of rely everything on the enterprise. So everything is going to be, you know, wait in line. Someone in IT is going to deliver your report. That never works. Mm-hmm. So, but but I think I think I think you know you have to sort of again, um, you know, then dem- democratize the whole thing. In essence, is have your, your local folks have some sort of self service capability. But when when there's a good opportunity for a processor improvement or there's an enterprise report, how do you take that local Sort of idea and enterprise it, and say, hey, we want to we want to take that wonderful report. We see that you you you've operationalized your ambulatory clinics in primary care, and now if you've increased access through some of this data, how do we now give that to the rest of the primary care doctors in, in the enterprise? And that's really an operational thing, and really understanding how to use the tools because the data the data is there. I mean, obviously the data is there. We've been bringing these systems together and. Whether you have a common platform or you don't, you know, bringing the data together, creating accessibility, and then creating the standards by which we can actually understand and 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 ask questions of the data in the same way, is really really an operational piece. And I think that's the piece where, you know, you know, it kind of does stop with IT, but it's in cooperation with our operational folks, our clinical folks, our quality improvement folks, our finance folks, right? Each one has a different view of how to use that data. 
and a common set of ways by which we can sort of even interact or even talk about the data. So I think that is really the key. And, and the crux of it is, is it's not a technical problem. The crux of it is the process problem. It's a it's a it's a culture problem of the way we look at the data and how we use the data. So I think that's really something that you know really needs to evolve in an organization. And you know I have always seen this in the sort of the microcosm and the old health system. I was with Northwell Health for ten years, and we grew to be you know one of the largest healthcare systems in New York State. We 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 had you know micro sort of markets come together, but now I see it across the country at Common Spirit Health. Is we just we do have things that we can all agree upon are, are we're going to sort of measure the same way and then we can sort of move forward otherwise it's hard to sort of translate things from place to place excellent damon and, your thoughts i'm oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go, go, ahead, there, go ahead just, tony just go ahead tony one thought is <clears throat> uh, i want to make sure that people understand that i wasn't i wasn't suggesting by any means it just goes and delivers things build things and says here it is go and go and do it no it was just a matter of you start with something based on what you understand of the business, and then you start the collaboration with those business partners and say, it's a lot easier for them to answer the question, what do you think about this? Is this accurate? Is this useful? Can you action it? Versus, uh, what would you like to do? And then there's mm -hmm. a infinite possibility of they don't even know what data is there. So it's much, much easier. So that's just an approach. Yes, after the, that first interaction, is there's a co-design, if you want, process. Where indeed you get, and then even if you launch it in production, they'll say, you know, that's not very useful because I tried to use it and that's not the, the right trigger. Can you do give me this? And it's a constant evolution. So that that's just, just that's all I was saying. You know, you know the the approach the approach is very interesting because you have to bring the data together, and then you know some people will come to you and say, build me a dashboard. I need a dashboard to operate, you know, have better efficiency in my OR. I need a dashboard to better understand access in the outpatient setting. You know, oftentimes you say, well, you know, let's go look at, let's, let's just look at the data and see how clean the data is before we go build the dashboard. Because oftentimes the other thing we sort of run into is that we have bad data or we have, we don't have all the information we want to. And we go building these sort of fiefdoms of, you know, where we're going to answer all the questions, but then, you know, you take that to the users and they're like, this sucks. <laughs> this will never, it's not telling me, you know, it's not, it's, it's not matching what I see in real life. What's wrong here. And, and the really is that we're not collecting the data points and you have to kind of go back to some things like Shafiq says, how do we get the data? Where are we, are we, are we looking at the right data? Are we getting it from the right place? And that kind of goes back and forth, but you know, you can't you we can't do it in a vacuum and i think that's really where you we, we can we can bring we can bring them to the or you can bring you can bring the horse to water but you can't make the the, the horse drink <laughs> and i think that's really what it is 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 we can we can develop you know the the fiefdoms but i think in, in the end of the day um you know operational folks really need to be engaged in understanding you know it's it the quality of the data starts with the operational folks the clinical folks and otherwise entering the data properly as well uh, Damon, let me bring you in here. It's it's if you want to touch on this, to me, this is an interesting dynamic. Um, the degree to which IT can move things forward or move things forward to the point that it can bring the user's choices and a framework as opposed to a wide open what do you want to do, which can be problematic. Um, but yet involving them to the degree that you don't produce something, and again, this is not what I wanted. Uh, obviously, there's underlying data issues that John talked about where that may need to be cleaned up before we can even talk about creating dashboards for you, which is a whole nother project. But your thoughts, Damon? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a this is a classic change management challenge, and it reminds me. I think I have the most gray hair of anybody in this panel. Um, oh, it reminds me of of our first forays into real enterprise scale analytics in the late '90s, and what we learned doing that work is that you can't do a classic requirements design build deploy exercise you have to you can't start with an empty whiteboard because empty whiteboards are where good ideas go to get buried right <laughs> so we have to we have to actually put visualizations one of the things that's great about just our consumer tech expectations um, in this day and age is that we are used to rich data visualizations in everyday life. And so just presenting a new dashboard does little frequently um, to inspire or prompt new thinking. Um, what we have seen work with some of the organizations we have the opportunity to work with in different parts of the world is bringing a set of visualizations to a data estate regardless of the state of that data estate, if you know what I mean. There could still be some standardization gaps that could be gaping holes um, in standardization, but presenting information in a way that our operational leaders can then say, what about this? What about this? What about this? That becomes our guide for how we can refine that data into really valuable information for leaders to drive change in the organization. Yeah, I always say that the data has to be meaningful and pleasurable for the end user so they can actually do something with it. That is correct. But what I'm trying to tell you, my friend, happy to share what we have done. We've been used doing this for a year now without the operational leaders, without the not only participation, but actually helping us understand it, uh, nobody will be successful. You really need, uh, we really need the expertise, subject matter expert, the guidance, and, and the continuous challenge from our operation leaders. I'm just telling you that. IT can do something from the beginning that they have a common data model, they can have a fire schema, they can have a Microsoft fabric, they can do Google, the way of doing it, they can do Amazon way of doing it. We can be all smart, but the end is what my friend uh, John said and Tony said, and I love the way he said standardization. That is such a cool way of saying it and set of tools. Oh my God, that, those are such cool ways of saying it. Thank you. That was it. I got nothing else, man. <laughs> Tony, Tony, what do you think? Uh, in terms of, well, I said, it's obviously this is a, it's a journey, you know, great points. I think we're all agreeing. Um, so the, the question is, we, we know, we know where we start because we all kind of have the same problems. We know where we kind of know where we need to go, right? To the point where people are using the, whatever insights we're providing to actually adjust and manage their business or our operations, right? I think as the, the question is, uh, you know, how do you get there? And I think it, it depends on the, the organization, it depends on the level of maturities. 
there are some, uh, and where IT, not that where we know anything necessarily uh, uh, about healthcare more than our healthcare partners, but we have done these things based on data for a long time. Uh, for us as CIOs or uh, technology leaders, we have become used to uh, looking at the data to measure our our efficiency. You know, 20 years ago, it took five months to provision a server. Now it gets to three minutes. Uh, and But we know we've measured all along how much everything takes and how much everything costs. In American Express, I knew exactly how much each uh, login into their website, uh, the uh, consumer website, uh, cost to the little penny, right? So we had that that expertise. Now, uh, elsewhere, do leaders have that those reflexes to um, to always look at the data or ask for more data, more uh, um, uh, uh, different ways to look at the data, and then act? Uh, I think that's something that we can help users do or business leaders do. Um, in terms of getting them more data savvy, more relaxed to the data, and with the limitations of the data, by the way. Uh, this is not a, hey, I give you this super duper, you know, all, you know, and can throw all the AI and LMs and whatever, and it tells you exactly what to do. No, it's a informa- informative um, and, and a support decision. The decisions are still there theirs, but they need to know how to uh, relate that to, to their data. So I guess the question is, you know, how for all of us, how do we navigate that depending on who the users are and, and how um, uh, comfortable they are with the data, how much they trust the data. You were talking about cleaning the, the data. Sometimes the, the data is actually accurate. It's just not granular enough to be useful to act on it. So. Well, is that is that your uh, ask a co-panelist question, Tony? Did you want to well, want to form that? Why don't you form that into a question for our yeah. co-panelists? Well, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a question. I think that's where we're all trying to navigate, and in which which situations is there's a a, a better approach versus the other. Obviously, the, the question would be, how do you or did you in your previous encounters? navigated that 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 process with your users um uh, to that effect uh john can we start with you yeah i mean you know i i i think in the end of the day how do you navigate this it's an iterative process i mean it's something that you have to sort of perfect over time and it's nothing you're going to get perfect on the first sort of pass the other thing is 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 you know we don't have we may have large you know in comparison to the total um uh, budgets for our health systems have to spend or capital we have to spend it pales into comparison with you know you know most you know retail or other businesses out there um as far as you know what we can spend and how we can sort of bring these apps together but you know in the end of the day how do we capture the correct data that we can actually report on and how do we capture it in the same way across the organization um we can really kind of push push forward and you know when we're 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 pulling together the data we're asking questions of the data we oftentimes have to sort of go back to say how do we capture that data are we capturing the right data are we are we understanding are we are we capturing the nuances of what we're trying to of uh, the question we're we're trying to answer right um we had a project um when I was at Northwell Health we we tried to sort of capture a lot of data 
um, you know, OR efficiency. But what happened was oftentimes a lot of that data wasn't really collected or was collected after the fact. And, you know, it wasn't really kind of, you know, we kind of had surrogates to did to the data. We had surrogates to when patients were coming in and out of the OR, but ultimately we, we had to find a way to almost have electronically a clipboard or some other methodology to actually capture data in real time. Um, actually, people watching videos in remote locations of uh, low definition video capturing the data points that we want to in the OR or, or, or the process. I think there's promise for us to kind of capture data points in, in workflows in our ambulatory practices through RTLS and understanding, you know, how much time a patient's waiting in the room without someone interacting with them, understanding, you know, um, you know, how much, you know, time a provider's actually spending in front of the computer compared, compared to how much their time talking to the patients. So there's so much, you know, there's so much opportunities. And, you know, if I was, uh, you know, if I was at Amex or whatever the case may be, for some reason or the other, the data you needed was collected in a standardized way across all of the different platforms you have. And it was very little sort of um, room for, for um, divergence and, 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 and different ways to do stuff. And I think that really comes from the top is that you have to sort of, again, you know, understand how do you kind of get to a place where you're capturing the data in the same way, you're asking the questions in the same way, and you're never going to get it perfect. Nothing's a stone tablet. You have to iterate on it. And that's really where um, I think we need to go. Tafik, um, I you're in a different organization. You may not have the exact problems John has, but at, at, a, at a certain level, when we want standardization and systemness, we get into more of a human-to-human political issue. Entities who perhaps have been acquired want to do things the way they do them. That's part of their culture. This is how we define it here. Why are you making us do it the way they do it over there? Why don't they do it how we're doing it? So when you get to that point as an IT leader, how do you handle some of those issues? Oh, they're very simple. It's not that hard. Everybody knows it. John knows it. Tony knows it. The whole world knows it. We all know it, but how do you execute it? That's what it is. First, you have to find a partner. IT cannot lead these things. And that partner could be a CMO. That partner could be a CFO. You have to find a partner. And then from there, you find other partners. And then you have to first listen to what the other person is saying, what the, what the fear is, whether it's a control, whether it's a not knowing. And then you have to explain. The idea is a catch ball. The idea is to be humble. Mm-hmm. The idea is to not be too sure and cocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the idea is that for the greater good of the, we were a holding company. Then we became an operating company. So the, for the greater good of the institution, there's a give and take. Uh, you learn, but you also share. Mm-hmm. So it was not easy for us. And I'm sitting and bragging and talking about all those things. We are get good to go. We are API based and all that. It didn't happen in one day. So what I, what you're ask, what you're asking is the following: How how do other people do it or who have not done it? Happy to share. Come to my institution. I'll show you what we did to anybody who wants to see it. But not with me. Meet my operational leaders. Meet my CMO. Meet my CNO. Meet my CFO. Uh, and still today, we still have to again convince them. So it's not only the one time you got the permission, select, and we go forward. It's like a lifetime, lifetime of negotiation. Yeah. It's a lifetime of talking. That's what it is. And the governance committee does help, uh, and the operational committee does help, stewardship does help, but that dialogue and talk 
never stops. You have to be that person. One word, humble uh, servant or leadership. Awesome. Well, I'm going to, we're going to get some final thoughts. Oh, John, did you want to jump in? No, I, I, I did. I, I did want to jump in and kind of say yeah. one thing. I think the most important sort of piece of this is that is, is, is understanding standards and understanding how do we do this? I, I, a question for us is that we're all trying to develop standards within our organizations. Do Shafiq or Tony really kind of ever think that we're going to have standards standard way to actually report on things outside our organizations, something that will sort of span organizations so that we don't have to keep reinventing the wheel with our CMOs. <laughs> is is there something that we should really kind of tell on our professional societies to say, hey, we need a standard way to report on X, Y, and Z. Um, I think they do it in finance. They don't do it very well on clinical on the clinical sides. Tony, did you have a thing? I think there? that's a great point. And, and indeed, we are, I'm sure we're all, reinventing the wheel, the same wheel, with the same type of conversation, sorry, with the same. That would be wonderful um, if we had something. I haven't necessarily discovered very much in terms of how you look at particular uh, operations, but I think that, that would be uh, that would be really great. You're right. Finance is obviously a lot more regulated, but not only that, and healthcare is regulated, but it also has developed these these reporting requirements and how do you do things in terms of recording the information. Um, it would be something. Now, in the absence of that, you know, the SEC declaring uh, how things should be the equivalent of, you know, maybe it's an opportunity for the three of us and the 300 of us mm -hmm. to come together and say, this is how should be, everybody should agree that this is what it is. And so, therefore, the the next Tony who kind of joins healthcare won't try to figure out and scratch her, the little hair that is left, <laughs> and try, trying to get a, an answer for these things. That would be fantastic. So, uh, maybe we start something here. Gray hair, gray hair, and missing hair. Go ahead. Who's going to say yeah. something? Standardize on our hairdos over here. <laughs> Stand, yeah, yeah. I just, I just got to uh, cut shorter. I'm shorter. catching up. I'm catching up. It's so unbelievable. Let's get some real quick final thoughts, about a 30-second final thought, best piece of advice for your colleagues. Dr. Rob? Yeah, so thank you for giving me the first because I have to drop off. <laughs> my, my request is that it's a journey. Find partners. And remember, technology will keep on changing. Generative AI and multimodal AI will take over. Our traditional way of thinking is not going to help us. We have to have a new way of thinking. And when you are thinking yourself, bring your friends along from the beginning, not at the end. That is very key that you start from the beginning. Uh, doctors, nurses, operators, they're all your friends. And start from the beginning. That's my request. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Shafiq. John? I mean, I, I think um, we all kind of said it very well. I mean, I, I think systemness and standard uh, standardization, working with your operators, working with your your clinicians, uh, and understanding your organization <laughs> with those nuances. I think I think the one thing we have to learn more on is is how do we kind of capture the data we want to without sort of you know you know asking another question, making another pop up. I mean, I think there's 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 opportunities for us to use newer technologies like AI and ambient technology and other things to now capture the data that we want without sort of, you know, asking a question or entering, entering another <clears throat> on our HMP or whatever the case may be. So I do think that it's, it's uh, we have to continue to kind of 
move forward and uh, and find a, a standard way to to sort of do things, whether it's in your organization or maybe outside your organization. Eventually, I think it's something we should probably all strive for. Very good, Damon. A uh, lot lot of stuff there. Your final thought, best piece of advice for people trying to deal with this issue. Uh, well, real quick, you know, we work with approximately 5,000 healthcare organizations. So in terms of having seen um, things done just about every way you can think of, we've, we've, we've got a little bit of a vantage point on that. Um, that can, I think, be beneficial for some of our uh, other customers. But I mean, think of it in terms of economy of insight. Tony pointed out the fact that we do a lot more with less today from a technology perspective. I look back at things we were doing in care coordination just five, six years ago that were tremendous giant undertakings that we can now do in just a couple of days um, with new customers. So there is some there is some economy of insight, I think, to be had. And uh, we'd love to be part of those conversations. Awesome. Tony, you get the last word. All right. Well, thank you. I, I would say is this stuff is difficult, whether it's technology, processes, people, whatever. Um, it's difficult. Uh, otherwise, uh, we would have been solved by now, but mm -hmm. we need to keep at it and iterate that, that some of the folks here said and persevere and because it's a tremendous value without this you know nobody in this world can just navigate blind so without data we're blind we have no clue so. absolutely wonderful uh regarding continuing education you could use the final slide in this deck for a certificate of attendance you'll get an email when the on-demand recording is ready for viewing if you want to sponsor an event with us you can reach out to nancy wilcox from our team and go to our website to view upcoming, uh, to register for upcoming panels. With that, I want to thank our tremendous panel, Tony Ambrosi, Dr. John Chelico, Dr. Shafiq Robin, Damon Auer. I want to thank Data Loose for sponsoring the event and you for attending. And with that, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you. Yeah.